Welcome to the Pussy Centered Living Podcast. My name is Jenny Braxton. I'm a sexuality and empowerment coach, a sex, love, and relationship alchemist, and the founder of the School of Pussy Centered Living. This podcast is here to be your inspiration, your support, the education you always needed but never got, so that you can step into what I call pussy-centered living, which is a desire-led and pleasure-based way of living and creating your life that centers around the source of your true power, that which I call pussy. In this podcast, you're going to have the pleasure of hearing me speak solo and with guests on the wide range of topics that fall under pussy-centered living. Other weeks, you'll get a taste of my one-on-one coaching as I coach guest clients on all matters of pussy, pleasure, sex, love, relationships, and creating the life that you truly desire. There will be a lot of different ideas, perspectives, and beliefs shared on this podcast, and I invite you to stay open in your mind, in your heart, and in your pussy as you listen. Take what resonates with you and feel free to leave the rest. And I'm always willing to do better, so please share any constructive feedback that may come up for you. My desire is that you get turned on to the magic, the pleasure, and the power that is inherent within you, and to support you in creating the life you truly desire in a way that is pleasurable, sustainable, nourishing, and aligned with who you truly are. Hmm, welcome back to another solo episode on the Pussy Center Living Podcast. And today I am sharing my vulnerable and juicy story of sexual healing and my journey from pain to so, so much pleasure. And the reason that I share this story is because it's important that we can talk about our sexual histories, right? This is one of the ways that we can clear shame. And as women and pussy havers, we have so much shame wrapped up around our sexuality and our pussies. And, and shame only exists when, when we hide things away, right? When, when we don't talk about them, when they, when they stay in the dark and the quiet, right? When we, bring, when we bring it out and we share about it and we talk about it and we own it, it melts, it melts the shame. And also when we look at our sexual journeys and our sexual histories, that helps us see the the patterns that we have carried, right? We can gain understanding and perspective for what we've been through and also where we're currently at. And this in turn allows us to have compassion and love for ourselves. And truly at the core of any healing journey is love and compassion for our own selves. The other reason I wanted to share this story is also to highlight the importance of 
owning our journey and taking responsibility for our pleasure and our experience of sexuality, right? Because nobody else can reclaim your pleasure. Nobody else can reclaim your sexuality. Nobody else can reclaim your pussy, right? You are the only one who can do that. And that is a blessing and a privilege, right? It is so empowering when we take ownership and radical responsibility for ourselves and our experiences. And it's also incredibly juicy to take responsibility for your pleasure because as a pussy haver and as a pussy haver in a relationship, you are actually the one who can activate and expand that pleasure more and more and more, right? That is the women, it is the pussy havers who have that power, not the cock havers, right? Just think about it. If you are in a relationship, if there's a relationship, let's just say a relationship with a man and a woman, and the man is doing his work and wants to expand in the sexuality and is like working on expanding his pleasure, like he can absolutely do things to support the woman in her pleasure, right? He can help create safety. He can um, tune into her needs and desires and give her what she needs, right? There are definitely many things he can do to, to enhance her pleasure, But if she is not interested in expanding her pleasure or taking ownership for her pleasure, then there is going to be a limit to how much pleasure they can experience together, right? Because as the woman, as the pussy haver, we are actually the ones who can activate and lead the way and expand into more and more and more pleasure, And as pussy expands the pleasure, the cock will rise to meet her, (laughs) right? Pussy is the one who can expand and expand and expand, and that divine masculine, that cock will rise to meet us there, right? But nobody else can do that but you. No one else can do that for you but you. So yes, we get to take this radical responsibility. It is the feminine who activates the masculine. It is the feminine in her pleasure that the masculine craves and that turns him on, right? The feminine activates the masculine with pleasure. If you take nothing else from this, from this episode, take that little nugget with you and it will serve you well. Right? And so this is why I share this story. This is why I encourage you to, to take radical and full responsibility for your pleasure, for your pussy, and for your sexuality because it is yours. You are the only one who can do it, and there are endless rewards when you do so. So enjoy this episode. I hope you get some beautiful insights and I trust you will. And also, 
the healing that I talk about, right? All of the the steps of my journey, the things that I learned that were so impactful, the things that really shifted my experience in my sexuality from pain to pleasure, the tools, all of the things that I used on my own self to step into the expansive queendom of pussy where I now am. I teach all of that in the School of Pussy-Centered Living. And I am so excited to share that in February, I will be holding a free program, a mini program of the School of Pussy-Centered Living. I haven't even come up with a better name for it yet. I will come up with a better name, but just know, in essence, it is like a full-on program, just a little mini one, and it's going to give you a taste and an embodiment and and an experience of the School of Pussy-Centered Living and and how you can walk this journey of, of radical responsibility and reclamation and healing and expansion for yourself. So definitely make sure to join us in February for this completely free program. But when I say it's free, I don't mean it's just going to be like, oh, like a little teaser, fluffy fluff. Did he fluff fluff? (laughs) No, it's like a full on program. Like I deliver the goods. And so come have this beautiful experience journey with me into pussy centered living, head down into the show notes, get yourself signed up. And then please, please, please invite a sister, a friend, someone who you think would also benefit and have so much fun. So can't wait to see you there and enjoy this episode. Hmm. Hello, beautiful sister. Hello, beautiful pussy queen. Welcome back to the Pussy Centered Living Podcast. I am, uh, <laughs> well, actually, to be honest, I'm a little resistant <laughs> to sharing this story with you, this story about my journey of sexual healing that took me from pain to pleasure. And, and I'm not resistant because like I don't want to tell you about it or because I am like shy about it or anything like that. Like I do, I want to share this story with you and I know that there is going to be so much pleasure for me in that. And I have been so resistant to sitting down and doing it, but here I am. And, and this resistance is also why I am not on my microphone in front of my computer like a professional podcaster. But instead, I am sitting here like a pussy queen on my couch in front of our beautiful living room window, looking out onto our little slice of beautiful, beautiful Mother Earth, and the rain is coming down, and the trees have lost their leaves, but but the trees here, the ones that do lose their leaves, because we're mostly surrounded by Douglas fir, but the ones that do lose their leaves are covered in this, um, I suppose it's in the family of fungus. It's like a lichen called usnea and it, it gives them this like, this like kind of whitish, beautiful outline. And yeah, it's just very, very beautiful in one of those gray, rainy Oregon countryside kind of ways. 
Um, and I am a fifth generation Oregonian. And so I do love the rain. <laughs> I love the sunshine and I love the rain and I love being cozied up on my couch sharing this story with you. And as I sit here talking and sharing with you and settling in, I'm already feeling my resistance beginning to melt away and the enjoyment and pleasure of of sharing this story with you is starting to come through. And the reason I am sharing this is because it's so important for us to be able to talk about our sexuality and our sexual histories and the 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 pain that is there for us. It's important that we can talk about this and that we can we can melt shame and we can melt shyness or embarrassment or judgment or fear or whatever it is that comes up for us. And we can melt that. We can talk about these things because that is such a potent way to being able to shift, shift it and transform it, right? Being able to share it, knowing that we are not alone. And so as I share my story today, I just want you to know that you are not alone in whatever it is that you are experiencing in your sexuality, whatever challenges, whatever pain, whatever trauma that you may hold, right? That may be your gift in disguise to hold, right? And I say a gift in disguise because our deepest pain, our deepest traumas, at the core of them, when we, when we have the love and the compassion and the bravery to go to the core of them, really there is a, a gift there. There is a gift of our power there for us to find when we are willing to be with and to transmute that pain and that trauma. And so this is why I share my story, right? So that you know that you are not alone and that we all get to love and own our journeys and and we get to shift them as that if that is what we desire and so for a long time I didn't actually realize that there was anything to shift in my journey Um, I am very blessed with the life experience of not having personal trauma inflicted upon me and my sexuality. Yes, I carry that trauma in other ways, in my collective experience, in my ancestral experience, but I do not have personal experiences of that myself. However, I had very little to zero guidance in the sexuality department as a young person and growing up and and that in itself is a kind of trauma right and i love my parents my parents were oh brings tears to my eyes how much i love my parents and they did they they did they did the best that they could and 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 they were amazing they were amazing however they were not very good at talking to me about sex and in fact 
Never ever once did I have a conversation with my mother about sex, um, <laughs> what she did instead, because she loved to read and I loved to read. And so by the time I was in like middle school, she would give me these novels um, that would have very graphic sex scenes in them. And I know that she knew that they were there because these were books she had read herself. Um, and she never mentioned anything about it, but she just would give me the books and be like, oh, they're so good. And they were, I mean, they were like epic stories in different ways and they had very graphic sex scenes and so that is um that was a big way I got my sexual education that was the way my mom talked to me about sex and then my dad never ever had a conversation with me until I was 18 and had a um you know a a long term for the age of 18 boyfriend at that time who I had already been having lots of sex with for like months and months and months and months by the time he brought this up with me but he was he basically we were driving in the car and he just asked me if um you know like are you like are you being safe or are you using protection I think is what he said and I was just like yeah yes I am and in my head I'm like yes I took myself to Planned Parenthood and I got myself protection and like that was that was the end of the conversation um and so that was the extent of my sexual education growing up and yeah I mean, I had sex ed in school, but that's not (laughs) the only thing I remember about sex ed is my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Hall, putting her fingers like in her mouth, like in her cheeks and being like, see, this is what your vagina is like. Like it's, you know, like soft. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was the extent of it. And so by the time I had my very first sexual experience the first time I had sex which was I think I was like 16 potentially even no I was 16 I was 16 years old and it was with this guy who we were really more friends he was much older like several several years older than me um we were friends um we would like hang out together and then we started making out when we would hang out and then one night the the making out just like got got a little heavier than we had ever gone before and then all of a sudden he was like pulling out a condom I remember it was a black condom which I was like whoa (laughs) and and like all of a sudden it was like we were gonna have sex and you know it wasn't you know it was something that I had wanted to like I felt like at the age of 16 I should have had sex by that time and I did you know in theory want to but I was completely unprepared for the experience and I mean at that point you know I had definitely like you know I went through some pretty horny stages and would do a lot of like self-pleasuring on myself but like I was I was definitely a late bloomer when it comes to guys and I and to to boys to yeah well they were not men at that age (laughs) um and I was like pretty shy around around guys and really hadn't had um you know a lot of like relationship other than you know like let's hold hands in fifth grade like type relationships and so I was just like unprepared in all the ways um you know I don't remember much about the way that it felt but it was definitely a very disembodied experience like I definitely left my body and it was just very I mean I can recognize now it was traumatic in the way that yeah I I didn't I was not I did not feel safe I was not held in any way 
you know, it was over incredibly quickly. And then the only thing he said to me was like, don't tell your dad, don't tell your dad. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I, and then I like left. And I, re- I remember just me, you know, like there was a part of me that was like, okay, yeah, like, okay, great. Like I've had sex now, but it was mostly just a very, a very disconnected like what the fuck just happened type experience. And so from like from that point forward for the next few years, like I had, you know, I had some relationships. I had more more so I had like get really drunk and wasted at parties and then hook up with someone type sex. And definitely sex where it was painful, like super painful because I was like with these young guys who didn't know what they were doing and I didn't know what I was doing and there was zero foreplay and yeah, we were like drunk or if there was foreplay, like I certainly couldn't like relax into it and find pleasure. And I just remember times of just like, you know, I just, it was painful, right? It was like the in and the out and the pounding and it was just like, oh, like no pleasure here. Um, But there was a part of me that also wanted that, right? Because I also had this part of my of my heart and of my soul that like craved that intimacy and closeness with another person, right? Like I wanted that connection. I wanted that closeness. Um, but the, but the sexual experiences I had were just like painful. And I was like, I don't know about this. Um, and then eventually I did by the time I was a senior in high school that the, the long-term boyfriend who, um, I had been having sex with for months and months and months, he was the first person with whom I experienced sexual pleasure and experienced an orgasm and experienced like, wow, this can actually feel really, really good. But I also, but I still didn't know hardly anything about my body, nothing about my sexuality, nothing about my pussy. And like, and oh, like I, I've done a lot of, of, of physical healing around this because she did get abused in many ways. And so even though I was experiencing sexual pleasure for the first time with a partner, there was also still a lot of pain because yeah, that we would just basically have sex for too long, like too much, too long. Not like, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that I, I tend to be on the more dry side of things and like I need extra lubrication and just like all of these things that I didn't know about my body and I didn't listen to her and I pushed past times that were painful and uncomfortable, right? Because once again, I wanted that that closeness, that intimacy with, with, with my boyfriend, with another person. And so I kind of developed this pattern where like there was a part of me that that loved having sex and that wanted to have sex but but then there was also a pretty strong part of me that didn't because for me there was often a lot of of pain involved. And so I just want to say here too that this is like one of the reasons why I'm just sharing this and like sharing all of these details is because, and, and this history of mine, right? Because it is important that we can like look back at our lives and be like, oh yeah, like, oh, oh gosh, I did. Like, this is where some patterns developed. Like this is, this is what I have been through, right? And we can have, have love and compassion for ourselves or find, find that love and compassion passion for ourselves and and understand right where where we are now 
And so that's kind of the vein that my sexuality continued on in that, yeah, that, that I definitely could experience pleasure in sex and I did really love sex, but also pain. And then also this story that like, I was kind of hard to get turned on or that like, oftentimes my desire wouldn't be there. And then over time in that relationship, I also really started to lose my desire for sex and that felt really scary. And I didn't like that at all. Um, But then, but then like, you know, kept going, like moved from that boyfriend. Um, And then in college, I had another like long-term, very serious boyfriend and we had great sex. Like I was so fucking turned on by this guy. I fucking loved him so much. We had really good sex. Um, But then the same thing happened as our relationship continued on and we got more and more serious. I would say maybe like, um, I don't know, maybe close to like a year in or so, maybe a little bit less. I just really like lost my desire for sex with him. And that just really scared me. And I definitely thought something was wrong with me. And then even though I loved this person so, so very much, um, realized like he wasn't my forever person, moved on. And so then I, um, you know, I've never really been like a dater and like dated a bunch of different people and had sex with a bunch of different people. But like there was, there was some, some different guys then in the years after that, like definitely had some like super hot sex, but nothing was like long-term or serious, um, until I met my now husband and that is such a juicy story, and I would definitely love to tell it to you sometime. Um, but we will save that for another day because we got we still got a long ways to go here. <laughs> but let's just say that it was like so fucking hot right off the bat. Like my husband and I, we have wicked mad chemistry together, and literally from the like the first time we had sex ever since, like we have always come together at the very same time. Like we are just, we are just like on fire together. And, um, and we got pregnant a month in (laughs) to knowing each other because we're just like super, well, we've now proven it three times. Like we're very fertile with each other. Um, and yeah, we're just, it's just like, uh, yeah, we are just have like some serious major chemistry, which is amazing, right? It's amazing. And I am so grateful for the blessing of, of our chemistry <laughs> together because it's just so good. It's so good. And I just, just quick note here. I just want everyone to know that like you too can have a lifelong partnership with somebody with whom you have just as good chemistry with, right? Like just because you have good chemistry doesn't mean it's going to be like easy, right? There's still lots of work to put into the relationship, but um, you know, my husband and I will say together all the time, just like if people only knew what they could be having, like they would just never settle. And I know people think like, ah, oh, well, what if I don't find my person or I can't find my person or like all the things, but like you can, it just, it does take inner work if you're not finding them already, but like it totally exists out there and you can have it too. So just keep that in mind. Um, So super good chemistry with this amazing man of mine. A month into our relationship, we are pregnant with our first child. And so, um, you know, one of the things that happens in pregnancy, at least once you get past those icky first three months of not feeling very good, is um, the hormonal soup that's going on 
makes you really fucking horny. And it made me really fucking horny. And so because I was, I was, I, even though we had such good chemistry and like had such good sex together, I was also really afraid of this, you know, like this pattern of mine, which was to lose attraction over time or lose the desire for sex over time with my partner. I was just really afraid that that would happen with Anthony, um, Anthony, my now husband. And so, but, but, but then I got pregnant and so, you know, had all of those like juicy pregnancy hormones that were also just, uh, very supportive. (laughs) Um, and then I had my son and as I tell in like the second episode, I, I share my journey of how I became uh pussy centered. And so, um, I'll just kind of share these pieces briefly here, but you can listen to that second episode if you want more detail. But after my son was born, I had like pain was excruciatingly painful for like the next seven months. And nobody had ever told me that you could have that type of pain after having a baby for so long. I mean, obviously it, it makes sense. Like pushing a human out of your pussy is like seriously a crazy thing. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've had three home births at this point. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> so it makes sense that she would have so much pain, right? But nobody had prepared me for that. My midwives had told me I could have sex like six weeks after the birth. And so when there was so much pain, I was just like, oh my God, what if I can never have sex again? What if I can never enjoy sex again? And it, it really freaked me out. It was really scary and really hard. Thankfully, over time after those seven months, it, it like kind of resolved on its own. And so then, um, yeah, sex, you know, like I could have pleasure in sex, but like, once again, there was a lot more, there would be a lot more pain. And then also like desire kind of became a thing for me, but like, you know, I had a little baby, so makes sense. Right. Um, but then not too much longer after that, I did get pregnant with our daughter. Um, so my son was like, um, a little over a year. They're like exactly two years apart in age. So he was a little over a year old when I got pregnant again. And so then I had those like juicy pregnancy hormones that were like juicing me up again. And that was amazing and awesome. Um, and then no more pain after her birth, um, But then that was also when I started, I was getting more in touch with my, I called her my yoni at the time. And so I was like doing yoni massage on myself. Um, I went and saw Tammy Lynn Kent, who is this amazing woman's physical therapist or pelvic pelvic floor specialist in Portland, Oregon. And she did like an amazing pussy massage on me. Um, And that was like so good. And so, you know, I would say at that point, like we, you know, we had, we had good sex, right? Like definitely could have really good sex together, but it was a little bit like, um, a little bit formulaic and it was a little bit like, Oh, there's not a lot of pleasure for me. Not a lot of pleasure, not a lot of pleasure. Like, Oh, I got to like really work for it. And then like, Oh my gosh, there's a pleasure. Okay. The pleasure is here. Okay. Let's come now. (laughs) Type experiences, (laughs) which like it was, it was still good, but like I did really start to have a lot more resistance to wanting to have sex and feel like it was hard to get turned on and feel like I didn't always want to have a lot of sex. So then we come to the birth of my third child, which is six years after my daughter. Um, and then once again, had the experience of excruciating pain after birth, this time for a whole year. 
And it was just like, it was so painful. And, and I knew, I knew then that like, that was a sign from my body that my body was inviting me into deeper exploration around my sexuality. Like it was cause that, cause that's what pain is. Pain is like, hello, look over here. Me, me. (laughs) Did you guys, have you ever seen the movie three amigos? It was like a movie that we had on videotape as kids. So we watched it over and over and over again. And, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Like the famous funny white actor with the white hair. Steve. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I cannot remember his name. It'll come to me right after this, but he's like standing on the wall and he's like, look up here, up here, up here. (laughs) Anyway, that's what your pain is doing. It's like here, here, over here. Look up here. Look up here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. My sweet brain. I literally just had to pause this to look it up. Steve Martin. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. Steve Martin up on the wall in Three Amigos. Up here, up here, look up here. (laughs) And so I heard that call from my pain and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I am going to explore my sexuality. And it took a little, it took a little second, right? I started having this thought of like, okay, I'm going to go deeper into this. I'm going to, I'm going to explore my sexuality. And, you know, I let myself have that thought for a while. And then eventually slowly it, it moved into me taking action on it. And the way that I started taking action, it started with me reading some books. And in particular, there's this one, which I don't like, I, the, the book itself wasn't that great. Um, I think it was called like orgasmic yoga, but it introduced this idea of self-pleasure, a self-pleasure practice Yes, I mean masturbation when I say that, but I don't like the word masturbation because there's just like literally the the Latin meaning of it is just like shame. It's just like shame tied up in that word. So I like to say self-pleasure, but it introduced this idea of using self-pleasure as like a healing practice. And so I committed to doing a self-pleasure practice with myself daily. I, I think I was going to do it daily for like 30 days. And so... One of, I had this really big breakthrough in that experience. And, and once again, I'm just going to share, you know, I'm going to share some, some like intimate details here, which if you know me, you know that I do not shy away from those things. Um, but once again, the importance of sharing this is so that like, may this spark something for you, right? Some, some insight or some, some courage for you to dive into your own exploration and notice what is, is there for you as well, right? That's why I share these things. So I remember this one specific time that I was doing this this self-pleasure practice and and in that moment I suddenly had the awareness I realized that the reason I was having a hard time putting my hand down on my pussy and the reason that I was like feeling kind of cringy inside in doing that is because I had shame and guilt wrapped up around me that it felt it felt so so shameful and I felt so guilty for putting my hand down there on my pussy and giving me pleasure and as I realized that I let myself just be with that experience just to like feel that shame and that guilt that was present for me and in doing so I had this just knowing come to me 
because I had always had this memory of myself that like of one of those just like very specific detailed crystal clear memories of when I was a very small child like in the memory my brother who is only 18 months younger than me is like in his crib and I'm like on the bottom of our little of our little bunk bed um and so I know that I was very young maybe like 3 years old and I am experiencing so much pleasure from rubbing my pussy with the like hard rubber foot of my little baby doll (laughs) and and so that is just it's just this crystal clear memory like my brother in the crib me in the bed with my doll like and just so much pleasure and that memory had just always stuck with me and and so then in that moment like years later as an adult you know in this self-pleasure practice realizing that I have all of this shame and this guilt around touching myself And in that moment I had, it wasn't so much a memory, but it was just a a knowing that my mother came and and walked in on me in that moment of self-pleasure. And and I don't know exactly what she said, um, but something, but it was enough to like shut me down. Like it shut me down. And, and I just realized that in that moment. And so in that moment of, of allowing myself to be with my, my shame and my guilt. And so as that awareness came to me and as that realization came to me and I was like, wait, I don't need to feel shame and guilt around this. Like, oh, like I, I get to do this. I'm, you know, like there's nothing wrong. There's nothing shameful. There's nothing guilty. Like I understand that that felt, you know, confronting or upsetting or my mom just like didn't know how to deal with that scene. And I'm, sh- I know she didn't mean to like to, to hurt me or anything like that. But however she reacted to that situation, it was out of her own discomfort, right? And so uh, I didn't need to carry that shame and that guilt around with me anymore. And so you know, in that moment, it just dissipated. <laughs> and and it just, I just let it go. And, and that was like a huge breakthrough for me in that moment. And so I continued on with this, this self-pleasure practice. And um, I just want to share like another moment that was like a huge breakthrough and, and kind of what I'm doing, like from this point out, like I'm, I'm sharing these kind of like big pivotal moments that as I look back over my journey of, of my sexual healing, like these were the moments where I was like, that was really, that was pivotal. Um, and so I'm sharing these moments in the context around them. So like, once again, this can be, this can be inspiration or support or guidance for your own journey of exploration and healing. So one of the next moments that was really, really, really pivotal. And once again, like I have this crystal clear memory. I was like walking. We were over at my dad's house because we were in the process of rebuilding our house. And I was like walking into the bedroom and I just like was hit with this realization that like, oh my goodness, I am putting the responsibility of my pleasure on my husband. And so remembering that my pattern was that because I could often experience pain in sex, um, I I had a, a lack of desire, right? That I felt like it was hard for me to get turned on. I often felt like there was something wrong with my body. I felt like there was something wrong with my desire, that I just wasn't someone who had a lot of desire. And so I did have this, this attitude, this mindset that like, okay, husband, like if you, if you want this, which 
I know you do. If you want this pussy magic, like you got to turn it on. Like we know it's there. Like there's major pussy magic when we turn it on, but like, ugh, the turning on part, like, ugh, don't want to do it. So if you want the pussy magic, you got to turn it on. Sweet husband of mine. And that was my attitude. And and like, you know, he he could also feel that, right? Like he could also feel like it was a burden for him too. Um, like it's it's not it's not fun for someone to put the responsibility of their pleasure in your hands, right? And he could feel that. And so in that moment, I just saw it. I saw how I was doing that. And I was like, oh my goodness, like he's not the one responsible for my pleasure. Like my pleasure is mine. And actually, you know, I think this realization happened. Okay, so at this point, I had also started um, a program with Sheila Kamara Hay And it was the Ecstatic Birth Practitioner Program. So once again, go back to that second episode and you can hear hear the whole story of like why I was in an Ecstatic Birth Practitioner Program. Um, But it was in that program. And in that program, it was the first time that I was really even like considering my pleasure, like not just in a sexual sense, but just like feeling pleasure. Like before that, I was like, what? Pleasure? Like I don't have time for pleasure. I got shit to do. Like no, pleasure? What is that? So... That was the first time I was like really opening up to my pleasure. And so it also coincided with when I was already exploring my sexuality. And so, you know, we had already, I had been exploring and opening up to this idea of pleasure and, and realizing that like, oh, my pleasure is mine. And so that that was like the context that, that brought this insight, right? Where I was like, oh my goodness, like my pleasure is mine. And oh my goodness, I have been putting the responsibility of my pleasure on my husband and it is actually not his responsibility. My pleasure is my responsibility. And and with that ownership and that owning of my responsibility for my own pleasure, like, oh, like it, it, I remember having just like a, you know, a little sexual explosion of like going to this whole new level of like finding my pleasure and finding my desire because like at that point in my journey, it felt incredibly juicy and empowering to be like, oh, <laughs> my pleasure is mine and it's my responsibility, right? Because if it's my responsibility and my pleasure is mine, then that means that I actually can do something about it, right? Because at that point, like I, there was, there was a part of me that kind of felt like there wasn't anything I could do about it. Like, I don't know, my pleasure was a little bit of a mystery and it was finicky and it was kind of challenging. And I, I felt like some like, oh, why doesn't it, oh, this is what I felt resentful of my male partners, of my husband and of Cox, right? That in my mind, it was just like, they just get turned on so easily. You just fucking like give a cock a stroke and he's ready to go and like why does my pussy take so fucking long to turn on right like I was at a little bit of a war conflict an inner conflict with my pussy and my desire and my turn on because I felt like it wasn't working correctly (laughs) because you know I haven't really spoken to this piece you know I've talked about like oh yeah that like there was some pain in sex but I could have pleasure like da 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 but I haven't really spoken yet to the emotional turmoil that that really brought to me like I had a lot of emotional like 
worry and turmoil and pain and inner conflict about this, this seemingly lack of desire that I had or this difficulty my body seemed to have in turning on because, you know, as I, as I said before, like there was a part of me that loved having sex and I could have a lot of pleasure in sex. And I did have, you know, mutual orgasms every time with my husband. Wait, mutual is the right word. We had them at the same time. Like there was a lot of pleasure and there was a lot of goodness there. And I, and I wanted more of that. And I wanted to feel, um, like not, not, if not in control of it, at least that I like had a say in it. (laughs) Um, I also started reading this book and it was because I was in Sheila's program, the ecstatic birth practitioner training program or whatever the official name of it was. Um, we, you know, there was all of this like different books and things that she, that she suggested that we read. And so, um, I was reading this incredible book by Sherry Winston and oh my goodness, I may have to pause and look it up because I do always get the title wrong. Okay, I did just look it up because no matter how many times I've recommended this book so many times, I teach about it and I always I always get the name wrong. So it is Women's Anatomy of Arousal by Sherry Winston. And oh, I just so highly recommend this book. It's so good. But reading that book was where I suddenly realized that nothing was wrong with my body. Nothing was wrong with my pussy. It was just that everything that I had, you know, thought, learned or thought I knew about sex came from the male paradigm of sexuality, right? Because that is what we see in the media, in cultural, in porn. Um, Like that is what we see is like the male perspective of sexuality. And where, right, where it's just like, where you get turned on fast and things are quick and it's just like you go and you just like, you know, kiss a little bit and then you can have like pounding penetration. (laughs) And so when those things didn't work for me, I was like, what's wrong with me? Like something must be wrong with me. Like I'm so jealous of my male partner that they just get turned on so easily and so quickly and they can just like come so quick. Like I can't do that. There must be something wrong with me. Now, of course, there is nothing wrong with me, and it's just that my pussy is not a penis, and there is a whole other paradigm of female sexuality that we just do not see, that we are not told about, that we are just not taught about at all, and it starts with the fact that we're not even taught the truth of our anatomy. We're not even really like, we don't even really know all of the parts that are available, that are part of turning us on and are part of bringing us pleasure. And this is because they literally omitted parts of our anatomy from medical textbooks, from anatomy textbooks for for centuries. And it was freaking Sherry Winston, the author of this book, (laughs) that, that put together the missing anatomy and like put together a full picture of of pussy and our turn on and our pleasure, right? That's why this book is called Women's Anatomy of Arousal because she pieced together the parts. And and reading this book and discovering this for myself, I was like, oh my goodness, there is nothing wrong with my pussy. She is not broken. Like there's nothing wrong with her that it takes her longer to get turned on. Like that's literally part of her nature. And there's actually a, 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 
flow to it, right? That, that pussies turn on, that female turn on, it starts from the outer edges and it flows inwards, right? And, and when we take the time to not rush that, but to work with it, like, oh my goodness, can we blossom into so much freaking pleasure, infinite, infinite, infinite amounts of pleasure. Like it is freaking amazing. And, and also from reading Sherry's book, I ended up, um, like, cause her, her book is really, really cool. And she has like a lot of different like practices and things that, that she invites you to do, um, woven into it. And so I did a practice of pussy gazing where I looked at my pussy in a mirror and had the experience for the first time of looking at her and seeing her beauty. And I cried because she was so beautiful. And I cried because previous to that, I had not seen her beauty at all. And I thought that she was ugly and I didn't understand why my husband and my previous male partners wanted to look at her and we get turned on by her. I'm just like, oh, I just don't get it. And then in that moment, I got it and I saw her beauty. And so, and so all of this, of course, was like very much enhancing the, the sexual experience I was having with my husband. Like our sex was expanding. My pleasure was expanding. I was just feeling so good and so juicy in it. And then also in this time, somewhere somewhere here in this timeline, I discover Mama Gina, right? Because that was also, I discovered Mama Gina through being in Sheila's program um, and, and being introduced to her there. And so I read Mama Gina's book, Pussy, and I went to New York to, to be with her for a weekend and 800 other women as we all reclaimed pussy. And that was like so huge and amazing and life-changing and was just like contributing to this experience of reclaiming my body, my pussy, my pleasure, my sexuality, and this like beautiful fountain of healing that I was in, right? And then I created the School of Pussy-Centered Living for the first time and taught it, and it was like so amazing and so beautiful. And and even though all of those things were true, all of it was beautiful and amazing, and I was having all of this expansion and this growth, I knew that I there was still more for me. Like I knew that there was still further healing, still further expansion. Like I, I was still, I still didn't feel like my desire was like always there for me, right? There was just still more that I that I wanted to get into. And that is is when I I found Layla and um and her her career coaching certification program, which I did back in 2020, um, for sex, love and relationships. And, uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> her program is just so, so deeply amazing. And the first, and, and part of what really drew me to it is that I wanted to be able to have the the methodology and the tools to really support my clients deeper because at that point I was I was um, you know a coach and a teacher online um, and I wanted to be able to take my my clients further actually I wasn't a coach I was a teacher and I wanted to become a coach and so but the other thing that was so um, so uh, seductive about Layla's program is that the 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 first 
third of the program is your own personal journey of transformation. So we spent the first four months of the program on this deep dive journey into healing our own sexuality. And, and this was like a, you know, like kind of a group program experience, right? Where we, where we did these incredible, beautiful practices. Layla started teaching us the tools and the methodology, but we were applying it to our own selves, right? Not to clients. And I mean, the, the depth of, of the teachings and the work is just so, so, so profound. And if you want to learn this and you, you don't necessarily want to go through a whole year long coaching certification program, um, maybe you don't want to be a coach on the other side of it, you can come to the School of Pussy Centered Living because I obviously in my, with my own twist and my own experience and, um, you know, my own perspectives, right? But like at the core foundation of it, I teach what I learned from Layla and it is so fucking good. Good and potent. Um, so come join me in the School of Pussy Centered Living. Um, join me in February for my free amazing program that I'm telling you about this week and you can get information for it in the show notes. Go check it out and get signed up, right? But but I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on this journey with me. So anyway, anyway. Those though that time with Layla just like freaking uncovering layer after layer after layer, right? Like learning tools to take me deeper into my my sexuality. And it was just amazing, right? So it's like this group program experience where we're doing these amazing practices and these different meditations and like a lot, right? Like I was doing a pleasure practice like three to five times a week. And then in the second trimester of the program, that's when we began to learn the methodology as a coach and to practice that, to practice coaching others using these tools and this methodology. And the way that we did it is we would get partnered up and we would take turns coaching. So like I would coach my partner and then we would switch and my partner would coach me and who even even receiving coaching at the level where we're like you know some people are freaking brand new right some people are a little more experienced with coaching in general right but like at a rudimentary level shall we stay right we're still learning the tools and the methodology but like even so receiving this coaching was so potent for taking me even deeper into my own my own traumas and resistances and and blocks in my sexuality and it really gave me such deep insight into the the layers and the complexity of our sexuality right we do there are layers and and the beautiful thing like okay, yeah, we could spend a lifetime getting through those layers, but like what a delicious, juicy lifetime because each layer is delicious. And then you just like, and yeah, is there some, maybe some pain and some hard stuff there too? Like, yeah, but then there's also so much reward, right? And and each layer that we get to, it just expands upon that and is just so worthwhile. The reason that I have dedicated so much of my time and my energy and my money and my life to not just practicing this on myself and reclaiming my sexuality for myself, but also helping others do the same is because in my opinion, there is nothing more worthwhile to do, right, than to reclaim this, this epic, incredible, divine, powerful aspect, core essential aspect of our beings. Right. And so in this process of of going on this journey myself and then learning how to coach others in it and also receiving coaching for myself, like who 
peeling back the layers. And, and just as an example of this, something that I found so freaking fascinating that was like, no matter what I came to in a coaching session, right? Let's say I entered a coaching session and I wanted, my desire was to be able to expand my orgasm or to have a full body orgasm or to whatever, like whatever the desire was, but the desires were like pretty much like very sexually based, right? Because it's like a sex, love and relationship program. Um, and so I would come in with like very like specifically sexual desires and in the unraveling of it. And when I say unraveling, I mean by, cause the type of coaching that I do is, is somatic based, right? And so we're listening to, we're feeling, and we're following the sensations in the body and we're letting that take us deeper and deeper and deeper down to the root. And so by working with the somatics and by working with the different parts of my psychology, my psyche, right? Which is all woven into the, into the coaching. And if you want to see examples of this, just like go check out any of the coaching episodes here on the podcast. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about here. Um, but by doing that, like the core thing blocking my sexuality, like no matter which way I tried to look at it was grief. And it wasn't, it wasn't even grief around my sexuality. It was actually grief related to my mother. And, and as I worked more and more with that, it was like, yes, I had grief around my mother who at that point had, had, had passed from brain cancer. Um, but it was also like her grief that wasn't even my grief. And beyond that, it was like her mother's grief and her mother's grief. And I found these whole ancestral lineages of grief that I was holding on to and that were covering my sexuality like a wet blanket, even though there wasn't a logical connection between this, this ancient maternal grief, this ancient and not so ancient maternal grief, right? And my sexuality, it wasn't a logical direct connection, but that was what was at the core of it. And I knew the truth of it because every time I, I was with that grief and I integrated it to a deeper and deeper layer, my sexuality would explode and that desire that I had, right, to have a full body orgasm or extend my orgasms or be able to feel my pleasure, you know, all through my body, like whatever it was, it would happen once I had integrated that grief. Right. And so I just share this to say that, like, wow, our sexuality is fucking amazing and it's complicated and it's layered. And there is, and, and it's fine. And it's also fine if you don't want to go to the depths of all the layers. Like, as long as you feel good with where you're at in your sexuality, like, fucking amazing. And also just know that there's, that there doesn't have to be an end and that we can always expand and we can always grow more. And so, and so this really does bring me, well, actually, there's actually one more piece. Yeah, there's one more piece actually that I want to share about where until I, I wind this up with like where I am today. But, but just to say, right, like our sexuality is, we have the potential to always be expanding in it, right? And so the last piece here that I want to share is that, okay, so I, I went through that program with Layla in 2020, like fucking amazing, like literally transform all of that 
all of the resistance, all of the stuff I had around my sexuality, all of the, I found so much disgust. I didn't even realize how much disgust I was holding around my sexuality. So much shame, so much grief, just like all of the things that even though, right, this is like already pretty deep in my journey. I had already had so many breakthroughs and so much healing on my own. And yet still there were all of these layers. And so after I went through that year with Layla, not only had I had I been able to integrate and clear so much of that and had just ignited my desire and my sexuality in a way I, I previously couldn't even really have imagined. Well, yeah, no, I could imagine it. <laughs> That's why I wanted it. Um, and so not only had I, I integrated all of these layers and expanded my pleasure and my sexuality and my turn on and my desire, I also knew what to do when I was in a situation where my turn on wasn't available to me or when I was making love to my husband and I was feeling disconnected or, or turned off, right? I knew how to go into that. I knew how to be with that. I knew how to discover the, the disgust or whatever was actually there. And I knew how to move through it into the portal of my pleasure, right? So fucking empowering, right? So amazing. So good, right? And this is why I now dedicate my life to helping other people do this too, because it's so good and it's so needed. And just a little aside, the the beautiful and amazing and gorgeous thing about these tools and about this methodology is yes, you can apply it to your sexuality and it's so, so, so fucking good. And you can also apply it to like any other area of your life and it also works. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so anyway, um, so that was in 2020 and because yeah, 2020 year of the pandemic, um, we were unable to do the in-person retreat that was supposed to be part of the program. So we had to put that in-person retreat on hold and we did it in the summer of 2022. So 2022 rolls around. That was last year. And I go to this live in-person retreat with Layla, which once again, this was actually part of the coaching certification program. So this was not a retreat. And I know you've heard me like I've talked about it in, you know, some conversations with people and like talked about this a little bit here and there. But this this retreat was not like a relaxing like retreat retreat. It was an initiation boot camp for sex witches, pussy queens, and and sex coaches. <laughs> uh, and we were literally from 8.30 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night doing different practices and breath work and jade egg practices. Um, jade egg also known as yoni egg or a crystal egg, right? Self-pleasuring, um, breath work, epic, epic breath work sessions, um, rituals, just like all of these amazing things. And so in the course. And so coming to this retreat, right? I I felt like fucking empowered in my sexuality, right? Like I was feeling so good. And then that retreat just cracked me open because I had I had never, you know, self-pleasured in the presence of others, right? In the company of others other than like maybe a partner. Um, right? But in this experience, I was sharing space with a hundred other humans and we were in this gorgeous gorgeous room like four stories up over overlooking the jungle and the ocean like these just windows all around this room and we are we are yoga mat to yoga mat like not like in everyone's own individual space we're like little sardines in a can right next to each other self-pleasuring and I had never done anything like that before and it was so empowering 
empowering and so liberating and us oh, bringing the tears to my eyes. Um, and then not only that, not only we were just, we were doing self-pleasuring or, you know, in our, in our jade egg practices, which also is basically like doing self-pleasure, but using a, um, a, a crystal egg that you put inside your pussy. Um, and we were also doing like sex magic rituals. And then we also had, had times when we did like a, we had like a pussy worship ritual, right? Where each woman would take turns, um, having her turn on the throne and then um other women would come and and look at your pussy and tell you how beautiful she was and oh this is bringing tears to my eyes too it's just like so beautiful and that wasn't the first time i had i had had a pussy worship done to me i had had another group of sisters initiate me into that at a little private retreat i had attended i had attended previously and like it is an amazing, like it's, it's an amazing thing to look at your own pussy and see the beauty in her. And it is like such a beautiful thing to have sisters to, or, or other humans look at your pussy with no, like not asking anything from her, right. And just showering her with love and compliments and her own beauty like oh it's literally making me cry right now (laughs) and this is why I do this in my own retreats that I hold and that I initiate other women into this because it's so fucking beautiful and powerful right so anyway Layla's retreat just having these incredible experiences where you know, it's like I had done the work in Layla's program, but it, it was an online program. So I'm like, yes, I'm in this community, but I'm like doing it in my bedroom, in my own house, like on my own, right? And to do this in community, surrounded by others, being witnessed and seen in in your sexuality, you know, having your your pussy celebrated and worshipped by other people who want nothing from her, like is so incredible. And I didn't realize how impactful it was actually until I came home and I came home and like had like the most amazing lovemaking session with my husband ever. Right. And, and in that I realized that I had layers of shame, still deeper layers of shame that I had no clue were still there. Right. That had dissolved in that experience of so much, oh, just making me so emotional about this, so much love and pleasure and acceptance and celebration right? It was so deeply healing and integrating and coming home with my husband and, and feeling myself in my body and my sexuality and my pussy with him made me realize, like I felt the liberation, like I hadn't even felt those layers of shame before, but I felt them when they were gone. And, and the liberation I felt in just in my body and being able to tune in so deeply to my desires and my impulses and to be able to follow those, right? It was just so amazing. And so, oh, let's just go ahead and wrap up this this juicy and vulnerable episode um, by sharing just a little bit of of where I am today and where all of this work and, and this journey has brought me to. And so where I am today is... <laughs> feeling like a fucking pussy queen, (laughs) pussy queen of my life. And, you know, my husband and I, right, my husband, who (laughs) we started off our relationship by getting pregnant with each other one month in. And here we are 
16 years later. We're actually coming up to our 16 year anniversary of being together. We now have three children together. And I am not fucking kidding you when I say that our sex life is always getting better. It's always getting better. And we have like a a long running joke. Like we've been telling this joke for years, but it's like not really a joke because it's actually true. But like every orgasm is better than the last. (laughs) Like it truly does just keep getting better, right? And so this is also why I want to share this because we have such a cultural narrative, right? And And the cultural narrative that I had deeply embodied, right? In that old pattern I have had of, of getting to like six months or a year in a relationship and losing my desire, right? Isn't that what we're told happens? You're with someone long enough, you're going to lose the desire. Well, actually, that's a bunch of bullshit. It's actually just a bunch of conditioning and trauma and a bunch of shit and layers on our sexuality. Like that doesn't actually have to be true, (laughs) right? Here I am 16 years later with my husband, three children in, and our sex life is always getting better. It is better than ever, Right. And through this, like, what has this, you know, I articulated just a moment ago, like, what has this, like, like integrating of the layers and this liberation upon liberation upon liberation, like what has that actually given to me? Like what has ignited my desire and brings back so much pleasure, right? It's, it's being so tuned into the inherent natural impulses and desires of my body and being able to follow those, right? And not bypassing what is there and what is true for me, right? If what I'm feeling in a moment is not pleasure and it's disconnection instead of connection, I'm not going to just bypass that or ignore it or try to like fantasize my way out of it, right? I'm going to feel it. I'm going to be with it, right? And that, that just like brings you into this when, like when you can do that, when you can be with what is true for you in that moment, like while you're literally having sex with, you know, while I've had sex with my husband, I have had times when I've had to stop and just cry. I've had to tell him, I just need you to hold me. I've had to like, let myself fully be in the the feelings of disgust that I have. I've had to, I, I not had to, I have allowed just like the icky, horrible fantasies that like actually still for whatever fucked up reasons, like do turn me on. Like I've like allowed myself to be in that. Right. And so by in that acceptance and in that allowing and in that moving towards pleasure, even with being present with what is right, like whoo, it takes us through a portal and opens us up. And then we can just listen into those impulses and those desires and just allow our sexuality to unfold and unfold and unfold. And the last thing that I just kind of want to say here is like, this truly is how we have a fucking hot love story that lasts and lasts and lasts no matter how many years we're together. And, you know, a lot of advice you will hear when it talks, when it, when it comes to keeping the passion going in long-term relationships are like, oh, try new things. Oh, spice it up. Like do these different things. And like, to be honest, that makes me feel fucking exhausted. If like, if I'm like, oh my gosh, to keep our sex life juicy and passionate, I have to be constantly finding new things to do, like finding like new things things to try, like fucking trying to spice up our sex life. Like, oh my goodness. Like, hello, I'm a mother of three. I have my own business. Like that sounds exhausting to have to come up with new things in my sex life over and over and over again. (laughs) But what I have found for myself is I don't have to 
look for those things. I don't have to find new things. I don't have to, to like, it doesn't have to be an active search to find new things to spice up my sex life. No, I just like listen to what my body wants. Like I just keep giving myself permission after permission after permission to like follow my little kinks and my desires. And like, as I allow myself to follow that, like it opens up whole new worlds to me. And so, yeah, we do like try new things and spice up our life, but not because I'm trying to, but because that just what unfolds for me from listening into my body and following my desires and my impulses, right? And like following those, those threads of desires and that's what opens it up. So, ah, thank you so much for, for being here with me and for witnessing me in this. Um, remember way back at the beginning when I was starting this and I was like feeling all that resistance, like, whoo, that is gone. I'm feeling fucking on fire right now. I'm feeling so good. Um, after having shared this story with you and I hope, and I trust that there was value for you here, that there were some insights, that there were some golden nuggets that you're taking from it. And I hope you, you take Take this and in some way embrace or explore or discover your sexuality to some new level. And I definitely hope you continue to explore it with me and keep listening to the podcast. Keep joining me here. I love having you here and definitely join me for the event coming up in February. It's going to be so, 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 so very good. Okay. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I love you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me here on the Pussy Centered Living Podcast. If you loved this episode, you can best show your gratitude by sharing it with a friend or sister who would also benefit from this message. And of course, please hit subscribe so you never miss a juicy and delicious episode. And while you're at it, please leave a five-star review so we can get the power of pussy out to as many humans as are ready for it. Thank you, and I love you. Mwah!